But yeah, so the cover, they paid me about $3,008. So in that month, I earned $8,800 from photography. So both jobs came in the same month? Yes, within two weeks. And that was my changing, what do you call it? That was my... Turning point? I don't know, like a milestone? Yes, that was my turning point. Because right, from then on, I knew that wow, um, there's the possibility of earning more than $1,000. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway, we are back for episode two and I'm so excited. So exciting, and, yeah. Yeah, and, and we're so excited we even bought new mics. Correct, episode two and we already upgraded. Yeah, yeah you, you know, because we want to make sure that the listening experience is, you know, the best that we can provide. So I don't know how this will go, but it's new mics. Maybe you guys can or cannot tell the difference. I'm not sure. Let us know. Yeah. I hope we sound better. La. I hope so. I, I think last so. week, we there was a little bit of dropping in and out. Yeah. So hopefully this week, you know, the whole listening experience is better. We yeah. do have a few shout outs that we want yes, to give out. Yes. We want to shout yeah. out to some so, people. Because after so you know, we released our podcast last week, right? There were mm-hmm. a lot of people, not a lot, la. some there it's was, a lot. It's uh, a lot. Come on, we only expected a lot, man. Okay, we expected one Xiao Mao to listen to our podcast, <laughs> but it turns out there were more than a few. Yeah, so we Not just lot, checked the latest stats, and we have hundred and thirty-two listens. Yeah. Yes, but to be honest, I think a few of those are me, lah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> At least fifty of those like are me. <laughs> really? Wait, wait, oh my god! Are or is fifty of those? Ah. Uh, are contributed yeah, our English is so thorough. Voice. It's okay, we're, we're speaking okay. English, so grammatically we don't have to be very sound. Yes. <laughs> and we're not gonna yeah. edit that out, right? Because we're, we're so we're all natural. All natural all and natural. authentic. Yeah. Yes. Authentic with our grammatical mistakes as well. <laughs> as real as it gets, really. Yeah. So and then we have eleven likes and yeah. we have got a few follows. Like, so see, see, Yaling, really Yaling thank you is so one much. of them. Hi, Yaling. Thank you so much. We're huge fans of your work. <laughs> we need to get you on our we show. Are. And thank yes. you, Cynthia, right? Cynthia was listening. Yeah, and then we have uh, quite a few people um, write in, like emails or messages or on Instagram with your encouragement, letting us know that you thoroughly enjoyed um, the first episode and mm. that you're looking forward to more. Yeah. Uh, so special shout-outs to um, Bettina, Tim, Linus, Lee, Yokwen, and Stacy. Stacy, yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you know, you. um, I don't think getting um positive feedback, compliments, or encouragement will ever be tiring for us. That's true. Um, That's true. Yeah, and I feel that sometimes people feel, you know, that people are very yamsiap when it comes to compliments. People are like, yeah. you know, very generous with complaints. <laughs> You know, when things go wrong, people will just yakety, 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 yak. Yeah, but then when things true. are, you know, like really, really good, you know, people are like very sincere and very shy yeah. about paying compliments and they just keep it to themselves. It's true. So, I think, yeah, mm. even I myself also, I don't always, I mean, if I if I really like someone, it's not very often that I go up to the person. I mean, not even go up, like just send a message. Really? Or ha? comment, you know. Don't I, be so kiamsia. Yeah, yeah I know. So I'm trying to do that more, like trying to like mm. more stuff. You know, mm. I think it's an encouragement. Uh. Definitely. I mean, when I'm, especially when I'm in a restaurant um, mm. or a cafe, when I see a really like uh, energetic or vibrant or positive waitering wait, stuff, right, right? I will always say thank you to them. And I say, mm. you know, I really think that you you make my meal here today very enjoyable because you engage with me. Oh man, that's so nice. Yeah. Yeah, you have to yeah. acknowledge that because otherwise, you know, yeah, I think that, you know, um, you want people to have pride in their work, right? It's true. And yeah. I think, yeah, we can't underestimate the power of just a compliment. You know, like even mm-hmm. if last week we had received one comment, right, I think we would still have bought the new mic <laughs> yes, and yes. continue to do I mean, don't leave, don't live for likes and don't live oh, for compliments. Yeah. But as someone, if you can compliment someone and be generally appreciative and, and mm. give people acknowledgement, then you do it generously. I mean, when was the last time you complimented someone? Do yeah. you remember? You're asking me, is it? Yes. Oh, I don't remember, but it must have been quite recent. But I don't remember because my memory is so bad. Yeah, I think we should all but make it a point to compliment have... someone every day. Yeah, in fact, yesterday, right, my diary, I set myself a challenge. Because mm-hmm. I realized that it was the 1st of December yesterday. 
Oh my god! Last so month of the it's year. it's always a good time, you know, at on the first day of the month, right, to do something like give yourself a challenge, right? Mm-hmm. So I wrote in my diary, like maybe for the month of December, I want to do one kind or helpful thing a day, as in like consciously. Mm. It's like a challenge kind of thing, and that's beautiful. I just want to be kinder, especially after yeah. watching this documentary called uh, "Won't You Be My Neighbor." It's about yes. this TV host, Mr. Rogers. Fred um, Rogers. Uh, uh, yeah, Fred Rogers, who made this TV show for children. And mm-hmm. kindness was such a big theme. And mm. he taught children to be kind. Mm. So it really inspired me. And I thought... Oh, he made I really being kind be, and nice very, very attractive. Like you want to be nice to the yeah, whole world. Like from the bottom of your heart, you want yeah, to be nice. Yeah. You want and to imagine. make this world a better place. Yeah, it starts with ourselves, really. Yeah, so... Yeah, so anyway, yeah. A, a deep, deep, sincere thank you to everyone who have written in thank and you. expressed their compliments and encouragement. And all that is to say, please continue sending us encouragement Yay. and compliments. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so on to so episode two. What are we going to talk about two. today? Well, today we want to talk about... Okay, so one of the... Um, uh, people who wrote in Bettina actually said that she really enjoyed the podcast because we talked about our mm. history. We talked about where we came from instead of just talking about like what we're doing now. We uh-huh. rewound all the way back into because in the last episode, Rebecca, you shared about how you actually um, went through four different schools. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, and how you you were ping ponging around, right? Correct, correct. So I think we want to share that the story bit of that failure. Is often not talked about, you know, the mm-hmm. becoming wow, very very Michelle Obama. The becoming, <laughs> you know. Becoming. Like the journey of yep. you know ping ponging around and exploration and failing mm. and doing things that didn't feel right, you know, and moving on to the next. Yeah, and, and like, also we want to yeah. share about our history and our origins now today. Mm. And like mm. Bettina, I I really enjoy listening to people's history also, or like their origin story, you know. Mm. It's always so surprising. You mm. never know. I mean you can never imagine where someone used to be. And you can never you can never predict the kind of path that somebody needs to take to get from point A to point B. Mm. So I think it gives people encouragement that, you know, like whatever path that you are on, right, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It can be as meandering as it as it is, or it can be it can be anything. So your path doesn't have to look like anyone else's path. Mm. And I guess when we don't share these stories and they get hidden, then the the net effect is that you end up thinking that there is only one or two ways to get to you know a destination. You know, yeah. and in Singapore, we have been brought up to you know our thinking hasn't been really creative in the ways we go about, you know, our education and then our job and how yeah. we make money. It's inevitable. It's just the society that we live in. Yeah. So I think we want to share more about, you know, the meanders, you know, so you get excited and you can get creative and you go like, oh my God, you mm. Yeah, I guess you know? we're not saying like we, uh, which kind of way of living is better, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but, but, um, yeah, we just want to share our story of what worked for us, I think. Yeah, okay. So, so anyway, Rebecca, when it comes to history, right? It's history. There's so much, right? I, I'm a lot older than you. So, you know, you have history. I have a lot of history. Yes. So there's so much to talk about. But I guess we, sh- we, sh- we want to zero in on a very interesting aspect um, yeah. today, right? Okay, okay. And we want to talk about uh, our first paying jobs. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so would you like to um, share with first, us, you know, yeah, you start first. I always like ladies start first, my oh. gentleman. Oh, so I'm a lady, <laughs> yay. <laughs> You're a lady. I didn't realise that. Yeah. yeah. So um, share with us me... your first paying job. Do you remember how, how you got it and then how it felt? You know, any interesting tidbits you can share with us? I remember, in fact, yeah, just now I was trying to prep a bit for the podcast and I realised mm. that uh, I remember, but then I forgot which was the really like the first job. So I think, mm. I think, my first job, okay, my really proper first jobs, right, were free, right? So I shot a lot for free. Mm. And then when I finally got one job that paid me, right, it was for a friend's blog shop. Mm. So I think that was my first job. And she paid me about 100, I think it started from 100, $120 for three hours, wow. if I'm not wrong. And then wow. we shot many, many outfits, basically as many as the model could um, manage, uh. Mm. Yeah, so that was my first paying job. And at that time, 
I just took it because I just wanted the money. I wanted mm-hmm. the experience also. I didn't know how to um, use even like Lightroom to batch edit photos. So I remember I was using Photoshop to edit like each photo one by one, you know. Mm. And can you imagine we were shooting block shop? So mm. we had hundreds of outfits and I was wow. editing each photo one by one. How many so, photos did you end up with? Do you remember? A lot. Um, it could be like a hundred per session. Wow. Right? Because uh, every every outfit has like a few different angles. Mm. Yeah, so that's that's one of my stupidity, <laughs> all the stupid things that I did at the beginning. So that was my mm. first paying job. Mm. And then I had another one, which was for a childcare center. Mm-hmm. And then I remember it was it was so weird because the owner right, didn't really trust me anything because I didn't really mm. have a portfolio. But I think they wanted like a cheap photographer, right? So, <laughs> so your positioning at that time was you are a cheap photographer. No, no, not really. But my problem is that I didn't really have a portfolio. So I, mm. I had to build up my portfolio. So mm. I was okay with taking a lower price mm. with charging a bit lesser. So what the owner told me was that, okay, so you don't really have a portfolio. Why don't you come and do a trial shoot? So he wanted me to do, like, let's say, for example, the actual shoot is about four hours, right? He wanted me to come in for four hours first mm. on a previous day and shoot mm. once. Mm. And then on the actual day, I would shoot it again. So it was like a rehearsal, day. a practice shoot. Yeah. And then the practice shoot, he's not paying you. He's not paying me. So he only paid me, I if I'm not wrong, about $400. So the whole shoot in the end was about eight hours. Including the rehearsal, which you did. Yeah, correct. Wow. So it was pretty bizarre. Wow. Yeah, but those were my two first paying jobs. So you know the first job where you did um the, the shoot for the block shop at $120 for three hours, right? Mm. Did you come up with the pricing or you, it's just up to them to pay you and that's what they paid you at the end? Uh, we negotiated. So as you can imagine, when you first start out as a freelancer, right, you don't mm. really dare to ask for a lot. Yeah. Because you're scared. Uh, and you, you, you don't know how to price your yourself. Also. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Mm. So at the beginning, yeah, even $150, when it went up to $150 after a few months, I thought it was okay. And again, I think that's fine. You know, at the beginning, you don't really know anything. So your rate was, you started off with $40 an hour. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I tell you, so my big break, right? So this is, um, so that was my first paying job. I want to mm. talk about my first two jobs that mm. really made it possible for me to continue to be a photographer. Because when I, when I did the first, when I did the blog shop, when I did the uh, preschool job, right? I was still teaching tuition. I couldn't support myself at all. I had to do part-time jobs and all that. You were giving tuition to like primary school kids? Yeah, like secondary school kids. Secondary. And what subjects? Uh, I was teaching all kinds of different subjects. Huh? Geography, wow. English. Wow. Yeah, okay. so I couldn't support myself on that kind of, you know, very low-paying kind of photography jobs mm. at the beginning. Mm. So my big break, kind of my big break, right, it came when Within the span of about two weeks, I think, first I got an email um, from this acquaintance that I knew from my cafe. So somehow he knew that oh, I was I was gonna I was doing photography. He saw mm. he saw my personal project online. Mm. So he emailed me. Then he asked me, "Hey, we have this condominium brochure. Do you want to photograph it?" Mm. And he was gonna pay me five thousand dollars. Whoa, that's a big jump. Yes, so that was maybe about a year after I started doing uh, all these cheap, low-paying photography jobs. About a year after that. And then I got this email, and I was like, oh my god, what the hell? Mm. $5,000 right, is the most I've ever earned in my life. Mm. Yeehaw! <laughs> <laughs> sound effects, they teach you the sound effects like that. Like I that. thought it was you, eh? No, it's not it, me! It sounds so much like you. Mm. Yeah. Okay, and then the other amazing thing is that within about, so within two weeks, right, after I got an email, mm. I got another email from a local magazine. Maybe I shouldn't say which one it is because mm. I'm going to talk about the money, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, don't name them. Don't name them. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty uh, established. established magazine. It's a yeah. fashion, kind of like a fashion magazine. Mm. And they asked me to do the cover. Mm. Uh, so editorial doesn't pay a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so the cover they paid me about three thousand eight dollars. Mm, so wow. in that month, 
I earn $8,800 from so photography. So both jobs came in the same month? Yes, within two weeks. And that Whoa. was my changing... What do you call it? That was my... Turning point? I don't know. Tur- like a milestone? Turning point. Yes, that was my turning point. Because right from then on, I knew that, wow, um, there's the possibility of earning more than $1,000. Yeah, yeah. $500 from a shoot. Yeah. It was validation. Yeah, I didn't know that this was possible. So from mm-hmm. then on, even though the money took a while to come in, but mm-hmm. I, yeah, from then on, I have been a photographer from 2013. Yeah, you, you, you understood what was possible already. Yes. And then all you and need to do is time, to do, yeah, rinse and repeat. I don't have to do any other part-time job to support mm-hmm. myself. Purely mm-hmm. in photography. Mm-hmm. So you stopped the tuition uh, right after that, soon after that? I guess slowly tapered off and then mm, yeah, maybe focus about, on the photography. Yeah, maybe about 2013, I started getting a lot of jobs from 2013, 2013 mm. from my personal project. Mm. And then, yeah, and I think the cover story helped also. So Wow. Yeah, and then just word of mouth and it happened from then. Mm. Yeah, so that's my story. Interesting. Yeah, how about yours? Or, my- or is there any other questions you want to ask? Um, yeah, I wanted to ask you specifically, what did you think um, allowed you to get noticed? Like like the, the first break, right? When people approached you mm. and offered you that kind of money to shoot a brochure for a condominium and also to do a cover for a magazine. What did you think was the bait that they bit? If okay. there was any. So these two people, right? These two clients, right? So I asked them, hey, how do you find me? And their, their answers were both, they saw my photo project. They saw my mm-hmm. personal photo project. Mm-hmm. And I did that project half a mind actually to attract people's attention. Mm-hmm. Because I knew that, you know, if I did like portfolio, you know, if I tried to build my portfolio and, and did like low paying jobs, I wouldn't even want to use those block shop photos for my portfolio. Mm-hmm. So I really needed to do um, work that represented the kind of clients that I wanted to attract. Mm-hmm. So my photo project reflected that, I think. Then mm. the next part is how did they find me? I guess social media, Instagram, mm-hmm. and then maybe Facebook at that time, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. So because of that, yeah. So I think social media really helped a lot and doing that first photo project. What was the project about? It's a very simple project. It's called Creative People Projects. Mm-hmm. And I basically just um, approach people that I was interested in knowing. Mm. Creative people. Mm. Yeah, and then I just interviewed them and took photographs of them, of their home, their studio and their spaces. It's a very simple and common project mm. nowadays. La. But I also think at that time, right, 2013, I, I came out at the right time. Because mm. photography and social media, like Instagram, it, it didn't, it wasn't really exploding yet. Yeah. So there were very, very few um, local photographers who were doing this sort of like a natural style kind of photography mm. at that time, mm. right? A bit like cinematic, yeah, uh, yeah, atmospheric kind of photography. Yeah, it so, has a film quality to it. Yeah. Um, so I was one of the few, I think. So I came out at the right time. Right, so, so you stood I, out from the rest, lah. Yeah. Yeah, and I always think if I came out with the same thing now, maybe things would be different because it's so hard to stand out now, right? Like, yeah, everyone is doing the same thing, mm. and if I want to stand out now, I need to do something different from two thousand and thirteen. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so. Right. I guess it's a combination of you know being um very intentional about the content you created that represented mm. your vision of the work and the clients that you aspire to work with. Yes. Coupled with sharing just authentically and readily with no embarrassment and just putting it out there with no mm. expectation. So you kind of created that visibility, and then add to that another layer of um you know a stroke of luck with the timing mm. yeah. 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 Wow, um, that's great. I just want to add one more story. Yeah, yeah, Even sure. Though it's, yeah. Um, which is that, I think one turning point or, yeah, one, one important point for me was when I shot for Monaco. Because mm-hmm. Monaco is a huge magazine and when you have it on your portfolio, it opens a lot of doors. Yes. Um, but how I got the job was amazing because, right, I thought it's so difficult to get a foot into Monaco. 
Mm. Like, why would they even hire me with no, not really much of a portfolio, mm. except for my photo project? Mm. But basically, the story is just that I emailed them, and mm-hmm. um, I got my name to the photo editor, and I got a job. And it's wow. as simple as that. As simple as that. So you just need that to ask. You just need to ask. So mm-hmm. a lot of people want to be freelancers or photographers. They will ask me like, "How do you get this job or that?" Just go and ask. Yeah. Have a good portfolio and ask. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the ways that you can get noticed. Lah. A lot of yeah. people don't dare to ask. A lot of people get stuck behind the asking bit. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So how about you then? Wow. Um, my first job, uh, I had... I know, know your story is very interesting. I've heard it before. Yeah. I've shared this uh, quite a few times like, in my talks and interviews. And, you know, I've done quite a few different businesses. So I've had my first jobs or first projects many times okay but this is really my first 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 one now because that was when i decided to you know set up set up my own web design one man bandwagon this was many many years back so this was when you decided you didn't want to do a nine to five job anymore yeah yeah i Mm. that was the first thing i did when i got out of the corporate world okay um i didn't i knew i didn't want to do a nine to five, you know, report to a boss, be getting my wings clipped by uh, incompetence. Um, and, you know, uh, yeah. So I wanted to be my own boss, right? So at that time, I, what I decided to do was after a, like six months of searching, I decided, I asked myself, what was it that I would and could do mm. and enjoy doing, even if it didn't pay me well? And when was this? Which year was it? I can't remember the year, but I oh. was about 20, um, late 20s already. Late like 20s. I was in my late, mid to late 20s. So before that, you were always working for someone? Yeah, I was working mm. with Mediacorp uh, for okay. about two, two year plus. And then I worked on the Hoppa Villa Redevelopment Project right. along with uh, Singapore Tourism Board. Mm. Yeah, and then I started, um, uh, I helped a friend start up a boutique day spa. So that was my first experience of setting up something from scratch in an entrepreneurial way. But it wasn't your project. It wasn't really it mine to own, but okay. um, I, but I was, I was working with her. But it was the first time I, I worked with an entrepreneur. Mm. As an entrepreneur sidekick and not like in a like corporate corporation or a company, right. you know, with a cubicle. It wasn't, it was very free form. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I had the first taste of that. Mm-hmm. And then later, when I decided that I wanted to do my own thing, I had to search and ask myself what I wanted to do. And it wasn't clear because I only knew what I didn't want. I, mm. I didn't know what I wanted. So I had to really search and think about it. And because I had the notion and I was taught from school that you have to put to use what you have been taught and what you went to school for. Yeah. So I studied and majored in public relations and advertising. I was a communication student. Mm-hmm. So I, I kept thinking that I had to go into PR, I had to go into marketing, I had to go into advertising agency. So mm-hmm. my options were already very limited when I thought that way. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, although I was like, you know, into web design and everything, it didn't feel like it was a formal skill because it was just something that I picked up on my own on the side. Yeah, you know, it it felt very hacked together, you know, like just clobber together the ecosystem. Even though you were doing it for quite a while already, right? Yes, basically what I was doing was I already had a portfolio even before I said Uh, I wanted to be a web designer because I went around asking people, "Hey, you need website or not? You need website or not? You have a website? You have a website?" But you did it for fun. I did it for fun because I felt like instead of just me building on my own website, which I have already done. I mean, how many of my personal websites do I want to do? I can only have one or two at most, right? (laughs) So I wanted to do like real web and send it out into the world and launch it onto the world wide web you know i wanted to see the realness of a website that i've done for somebody out there yeah you know yeah, it had to be yeah. real you know so i just did that and you know i just wanted to um have fun like, basically and i mm. didn't get paid at all not a single dime didn't ask for it didn't expect it just did it did it did it did it so, so by how the time did you your first job so it was it was you, you yeah. were in your late 20s so i was in my mid to late 20s about 27 no no Facebook, no social media. At that time, there was still Yellow Pages. It was still the de facto way of finding businesses, right? And that's what oh I did. Oh my god. Yes. You need and the sound effect now. Oh, the... Um. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, so you know the thing was um So how? So what I did was um when I decided that okay, you know, Tintian well Kaiman Tajila, you know, well so web designer, I need my first client. How did yeah. I go about doing it, right? No social media, no, no content marketing, you know. So yeah. and no money to place advertisements, you know. Yeah. So and nobody knew what web design was, you know. So like I had it. all my cards that against me. Yeah. How did I get my first job? So all I did was really manual work. So all mm. I all I did every day, day in, day out, was to flip yellow pages okay. and did cold calling. I just call, I just circle all the businesses that I, you know, that I felt like I want to approach. Uh-huh. So then I will just call and I just speak to the person and I get the phone slammed on me so many times. Nobody yeah. had time for me. Yeah, and who would even know what websites were? Yeah, and nobody had time. And then to explain people also like book you, you know, and then yeah. it's just difficult. But I just kept doing it because I told myself, you know, the challenge I gave myself was I said, I'm going to give myself two years to build my business, okay? I'm going to give myself two years to go at this web design thing, okay? Mm-hmm. If at the end of two years, I can't make the same amount I was pulling in per month when I was in a corporate job, which was at that time just $2,800. Okay. You know, that was my last drawn pay, $2,800. It wasn't be as much. Yeah, so I just told myself, if I can make $2,800 consistently every month through mm-hmm. web design, then I'm going to continue doing it at the end of two mm-hmm. years. If I can't, I can go back to the corporate world. So okay. all I did was bought myself some time and an opportunity and a chance for me to try it out, right? right. So I asked myself, I said, hey, you know, your work is good. You're able to call, you know, you're going to work hard. Can lah, 2008 is not difficult at all. You know, mm-hmm. so that's what I did. I just went yeah. at it. I know that I had two years and I better make this work, right? Because I know what I didn't want, which was to go mm-hmm. back to the cubicle. Yeah. The pain of going so back to the why cubicle. Why you have to get a job? Die. Yes, I felt like, yes. So because of that pain that I know that I didn't want to get back into, I just flip yellow pages and pick up the call and just call one person after another, mm-hmm. right? I didn't feel embarrassed. I, my skin was so thick. I just asked, asked, asked. So my first job was this, Aircon uncle, okay. okay, he gave me my first job and I remember him very, very dearly up to today, right? Mm. So what I did was, as per any other call, he picked up, I tried to explain to him, he didn't speak uh, a word of English, okay. so I had to try and explain to him a website in Chinese, Oh, okay? God. Yeah, so I explained to him and after everything, I told him, you know, I said, you know, uncle, this website is like a name card, just like a card. I tried mm. to explain to him in a way that he could understand. Right. So I said it is like a suma, the ming pian. It's a digital name card and it's online. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I said all you needed to know is that this can bring you more business. Mm. Okay. Because it is marketing for you. It's a very new thing, but I tell you, it is very, very effective. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he didn't understand what I was saying, really. But here is what he understood. Okay, he understood that it was very, very difficult for someone to come up and start a business. Right. Because he is an entrepreneur himself. Mm. So all he said was, he said, 小弟, uncle不了解你到底在做什么。不过uncle知道自己出来做生意是很辛苦的。So uncle想要支持你。你就帮我做咯。你怎么做你就帮我做。做了然后你拿给uncle看咯。Like mm-hmm. that. So he asked me, 请问多少钱啊? Right? So I had the same problem as you, right? Or as any newbie entrepreneurs didn't know how to quote a price. Yeah. Right? Didn't know how to value my work, right? I sat here because every phone call I made was uh, like a slam. You know, this was the first person who said 多少钱啊? You didn't even have an idea of... I didn't. I didn't, which is very, like, I was in my early 20s, mid-20s to late-20s, never really planned about what to say when someone decided to give me up. Yeah. So what I did was then I checked in with myself and mm-hmm. I just said what felt right at that time. So I said, Uncle,你不要管多少钱,我先帮你做,OK?我会尽量帮你做一个很好的website,然后你看到底你有没有用,你喜不喜欢,如果你不喜欢,你觉得没有用的话,你不用还我一分钱。so that was what I was ready to do, right? I just wanted to provide value the best way I know how. So then for the next few weeks, all I did was I just put in every trick and everything I knew about web design into this website. Mm. Like like I whatever bells and whistles I can think of, whatever is very high the tongue, very talk on the tongue, I didn't even care if he didn't pay me. 
Okay, okay. Yeah, so I did it and I showed him, right? It took a lot of effort for him to shangwang to see that thing. Yeah. He kind of got what it meant, but he didn't know how to apply it. And then he, he said, you know, wow, very beautiful, you know, very good, very good. Uncle, don't know how to use it, but I believe you. If you can introduce it to Uncle, Uncle will be happy. So then he went back to the, how much money? So I went back to the, how much money? So I again said, Uncle, you think this website costs how much money? You give me how much money. No matter, no amount is too small. And he gave me five hundred dollars. Wow, five hundred dollars, which I wish I framed it up because it's so precious to me. But I couldn't because I had no money then. I had to use the five hundred dollars. But he gave me. Yeah, he gave me my first big break and the first five hundred sing dollars in my pocket through the value that I have given, which I kind of self-taught. I I didn't learn in school. Yeah, so. This is it. This was my first job that I got because someone gave me that opportunity. Someone understood. Yeah. I think it's so beautiful. Without working for somebody, you created value with your own hands, mm. and somebody paid you for it. I think that's the beauty of, you know, I think mean, doing all this like what we do. You you know, a lot of people ask me, right? Like, say, oh, then you're so successful. You know, you grow a business until it's not even big a business. It's small, and that's another episode we want to talk about, which is intentionally keeping a business small. You know, my business is not big at all, but mm-hmm. you know, it's small. But people always ask, like, you know, then you know, you really high, you read this, read that, you know. But the thing is, because mm-hmm. of this lesson, and I've always been wired this way, which is the way I run businesses is always been organic. People always ask me, how much money do you borrow to start a business? I'm like, no. I start from scratch. Mm. And they say, then how do you do it? I say, by providing value, by solving a problem, by having a thick skin and asking for it and just going out and asking and finding the right people with the kind of problems that you would love to solve and just approach them. So so anyone, anyone can go out there and do this thing. This is the formula if you want. Mm. It's a very simple formula. This is it. Yeah. And right. it's it's just it makes sense. It's not a nonsensical formula. It's not hard to understand. But it's it's simple. Doesn't mean it's easy, right? A lot of people feel like they cannot go out and approach people. Or a lot of people don't even know what value they want to offer, what problem they want to solve. Mm. Yeah. So simple doesn't mean easy, but yeah. it is a very simple formula. It is, it is. And you can see that formula happening in the way you got your job too, right, Rebecca? Yeah, even though it wasn't conscious, like I didn't have a formula at the mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm, I, think, mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, like it was and, and kind of like providing value. Right, and it's not as if because we learned that there was a formula and then we decided to apply it this way. But we're telling you that when you speak to all the people who have started organic businesses, that's passion led, that's totally heartfelt, good. it boils down to this simple formula. Mm. Yeah, mm. so that's something to think about if you are thinking of starting something. What is your value? Yes. What is your value? What is your, value? What is your unique value that you can offer mm. to someone? There is always a problem that needs solving. There is always someone who needs help, and all a business is is providing value to solve a problem. I think we need to talk about this a little bit deeper in a future episode because this value, right? A lot of people confuse it with. You know, like when you want to do your own thing, mm. people always say like, do what you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we need to qualify a bit. You should do what you like. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that eventually whatever that um, you finally do, right? That Like this thing that you, you have a lot of value to give, right? It might not be the thing that you're most passionate about in your life. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be, I think. It doesn't have to be. Because I think that is a huge obstacle for a lot of people because they think, oh, it must be something that I am 100%, 150% passionate about or like the thing that I'm most passionate about in my life. Mm-hmm. No, it has to align with what you are capable of offering. Mm-hmm. Right? You might be passionate about skateboarding, but you might not be that good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it has to be an intersection, right? It has to, your passion has to meet a problem that people want solving and that people are willing to pay money for, which you mm-hmm. are good at, right? Yeah. You can suck at a passion, right? Or you can be really, really good and gain mastery about something that you hate doing. Yeah, you know, there are so many yeah. different combinations, right? Yeah, so... Yeah, so, 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 right? Huh? 
What? Being masterful is something that you hate doing. That yes, being good at something doesn't yeah, mean that you can, must make it your business or get a exactly. job because it's so good. You can you can be absolutely miserable being good at something. Correct. correct. Yeah. So always. Yeah. So the so the difficulty and the challenge then is to find the intersection point. Right, and that's what it's very elusive for a lot of people, and people can't crack this because you know they're like, oh, I must be absolutely passionate, oh, I must be absolutely mm. good, you know, oh, I must absolutely must be able to make money, right, you right. see. So oh, then it becomes so difficult. But most of the time, this intersection is a, a chemical mixture, mm. right, and the percentage of each component varies from person to person, from mm. time to time, depending on what phase you're in and what right. are your priorities in that particular phase in your life. And the process is a lot of failure, a lot of experimentation and more failure. Yeah, like you're ping-ponging and trying and trying. And if it doesn't work, try again, you mm. know, and do something else, explore something else, tune in and pay attention to the signals that the universe is constantly giving you all the time, right? Yeah. You just have to tune into it, right? So I hope everyone listening to this podcast can finally, eventually find this thing. You yes, I think all of us deserve to make yeah. a living, a joyful living and provide good value and help solve problems in the world out there. It won't be easy, it won't be perfect, but it will be worth it. Yeah. Anyway, that, that is what I spend most of my time coaching, you know, my business mm-hmm. creative uh, clients, you know, a lot of them can't crack. They always come to me with a whole mm. basket full of ideas. I can do this, I can do that, I can do this, I can do that. I'm good at this, I'm good at that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so it's trying to find a sweet spot that is quite elusive for a lot of people. Yeah, I think it's difficult. Like, from even for me, for example, I have found photography, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes I think, ah, what if I, if I don't want to do photography anymore? What mm. would I do? What would I be able to do that can earn me a living mm. and that I like enough? And have you come up with some options? Yeah, so I think that it's difficult. Like, I... Yeah, it's still difficult because it's a whole new process of discovery again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I might have an idea, but yeah, you know, I don't know. At this stage, it's hard for me to tell. It's yeah, hard for me to the see. point is to constantly explore. You see, yeah. it, it looks, it looks I like... I don't know how difficult it is. Yeah, it looks like you have landed on this photography thing, right? And then that's it, right? Maybe all oh, people think, oh, Rebecca, is that for life? That's it, right? Yeah, no, I don't think... No, no. yeah. <laughs> No. The photography world is changing so rapidly, right? It's actually pretty scary. The landscape is changing a lot. Yeah. I mean, I have managed to not be scared, actually, for 90% of the time. Um, But yeah, if you observe the industry, it's changing Mm. and you need to change because I have seen a lot of photographers who don't change Mm -hmm. and they get left behind. The older photographers, Mm -hmm. they actually don't get a lot of jobs anymore. Mm. It's the millennials now. And I'm still considered one of the younger photographers. Yes. But anyone older than me in their 40s and 50s, the agencies are populated by millennials now. And Mm. they don't want to work with the older photographers. Mm. So it's a constant evolution. We have to keep changing. Mm. So that's why it's very important that even when we are out of school, we cannot stop learning. We have to constantly evolve and learn and grow as an individual. Be it skills yeah. or, you know, our mentality, our emotional maturity, our spirituality, we need to continue to grow. I think a lot of people stop growing the moment they get out into the society and start working. It's like every day is the same. It's rinse and repeat. Yeah. You know, and then you do some there's some people you don't see them for five years, right? Then you meet them, right? They say house life, they say, oh same old, same old, same old. <laughs> you know, it's very sad <laughs> when that happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. So oh my God, it's 40 minutes really. Yeah, okay, so we have to wrap up because we intentionally we were deciding, you know, how long do we want to cap our podcast episodes? You yeah. know, Rebecca and I can just we talk. Want to ramble on and on and on. Yes, well, right. us can talk endlessly, right? Yeah. So we're gonna wrap up, but you know there are future episodes we can continue to marinate and you know explore deeper and dive deeper into these topics i think there's so much juice in Mm. them to explore so yeah so you want to talk about how we're going to wrap up our podcast um okay we're going to wrap up with two songs right we're going to choose one song each Mm. uh just like last week but last week we didn't talk about songs because last week's podcast was totally impromptu (laughs) (laughs) we didn't know what songs we were going to play but today we know Mm. And yeah, so we each chose one song mm-hmm. and we're just going to talk about it. Maybe I'll go first? 
Yeah, okay. So the thing is, we're mm. not going to tell you the title of the song, mm. but we're going to tell you why we chose that song. Yeah, what's okay. the reason that we're not telling people the song title? Oh, just like a sense of surprise, right? Because we're such teasers now. We just want to tease people. <laughs> no, I just I just feel that um uh, obviously, you know, the reason why we chose certain songs, uh, hopefully it's meaningful and it's got to do something, uh, you know, got to do with the, the, the topic we're talking about or something mm-hmm. that we want to share, you okay. know? So I, I feel that... Anything to do with the topic. Oh, yours don't have it. It's just like a song that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that can be too. But I feel that we kind of spoil the surprise element because on the radio, you don't know what song is coming up on, ma. That's true, that's true. Yeah. So uh, we don't, hopefully we don't want you to skip. But if you want to skip and we come to the end of our podcast, you can just, by all means, just skip. But we hope that, you know, you will, you know, appreciate the song choice that we have chosen. So we will talk about the song and then give you some time to explore, you know? Mm, so mm. my song, mm. um, well, yesterday... Somebody very important, um, it was her birthday yesterday, mm. right? 1st of December. So I just want to dedicate this amazing song to her. Mm. And I think you guys will love it also. It's one of my favorite singer-songwriters. Mm. So enjoy the song and okay. see you guys next week. Right. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. <laughs> you were listening. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's all right. That's, that's your introduction of the song, is it? Yes. Maybe we should do... Ah, uh, maybe next time we should do... So I will introduce the song, right? And then we'll play it after that song, right? And mm. then you introduce. Mm. And then you play your song. Oh, we can do that. Yeah, oh, we're constantly switching things around. So we can do that for next episode. Yeah, that flows better, I think. Like, when yeah. you listen to a, a radio show, it's like that also. So right. Yeah, like you listen to the introduction, then you hear the song. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. So my song choice is, because today we're talking about our origins and our history, and I feel that we, when we look back and reflect, I think there is a lot of, even like when we go through bad times, mm. um, it's it's part of our experience and part of, you know, uh, what makes us who we are today. Right, so I feel that embracing our journey and the journey it never ends, and that the, the mm. journey your swan, your tian, your ku, your la, and it's all part of the journey. So this is a Japanese song, and I, there's this particular verse that's in the uh, song that I really, really like, and I want to okay. share with everyone. Okay. okay, so it says in Japanese, it says, "Journey, kanashimi mo itsu no hikakito waraeru hikakuru." Journey, tsukareta da, um, tonari ni iruda de kato utaeba inda. So it means that, um, in English, a uh, loosely translated, it means that, um, you know, you journey on and some days there will be days when you can laugh at your sadness, right? Mm. And if you are ever tired from your journey, understand that it will always get better if you sing the exhaustion with the person next to you. So it's about sharing and embracing. It's not all the highs and the good, you know. Um, It's about embracing that journey and also finding the people that you love and can trust and who will love you and believe in what you're doing and sharing that journey with with that person. Mm. So at the end of the day, even if you do something that you like, but you don't have people that you love beside you or with you, then it's quite meaningless also, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. I feel that, that you know, it's just about finding that person. I, I feel like we're not alone in this world. The world mm. is so huge. There are so many people who will love you for who you are. We just need to be ourselves authentically, put ourselves out, and you will attract the right people into your life. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I hope you guys will enjoy the songs that we have chosen for you. And we look forward to you tuning in uh, episode three. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Okay, bye guys. See you bye. Oh, here's an old song of mine. It's called I'd Rather Be With You. Sitting here on this lonely dock. Watch the rain. Play on the ocean top All the things I feel I need to say Can't explain in any other way 
I need to be bold, need to jump in the cold water, need to go to with a girl like you. Finally see you were naturally born to make it so easy when you show me the truth. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather be with you. Say you want the same. The sun come to dry the rain. Warm my shoulders and relieve my pain. You're the one thing that I'm missing here. With you beside me, I no longer fear. I need to be bold, need to jump in the cold water, need to go older with a girl like you. Finally see. You were naturally the one to make it so easy when you show me the truth. Yeah, I'd rather be with you. Say you want the same thing too. I could have saved so much time for us had I seen. Listen to me say, I need to be bold, need to jump in the cold water, need to go to with a girl like you. Finally see you were naturally the one to make it so easy when you show me the truth. Yeah, I'd rather be with you. Say you want the same thing too. Say. I'm not a saint.